Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Find out about new shows, featured guests, and what's up this week. Find us on Facebook by searching keyword Voice America. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. You are a visionary. You have a vision. You just need to create it and bring it to life. Welcome to Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life with your host, Kate Ebner. Our program will be an hour of inspiration for leaders who are making their visions happen and will set you on the path to having a big impact through your leadership and the life you really want. Now here's your host, Kate Ebner. Welcome to our show today. I'm Kate Ebner, your host, and each week I invite you to join me to be inspired by our guests and learn how to become inspiring in your own life and on your own terms. Today, I'm delighted to be here with my guest, Amy Friedman, who is president of Redhead Consulting, her own venture. Um, a creative senior leader turned entrepreneur, Amy has been a visionary executive who started her own company in part so that her work could support her life and not consume it. Stay tuned in this hour to hear Amy's story and insights gathered over her 23-year career as an inspired leader and early architect of Nickelodeon. Um, you'll love hearing about her work, her life, and her vision of work and life. Welcome to the show, Amy. Thanks, Kate. Great to be here. I'd love to take a moment to just elaborate a little bit on your career path, Amy. Your accomplishments are impressive, and I think it'll give us some context for the perspective you're bringing today. So if it's all right with you, I'm just going to run through some highlights. Does that sound good? Go for it. Okay. <laughs> so let's see. You began your career mixing slime on the original Double Dare in 1987. Indeed. Indeed, and, and and that was at the entry level, is that right? Very entry level, the bottomest you could get. Okay, and then you've progressed over the years all the way up to the senior vice president and creative director role at Nickelodeon, uh, leaving in 2010 to found Redhead Consulting, and that's kind of putting it in a nutshell. Um, you worked in the early days on the Nickelodeon branding group as a writer, director, and executive producer of on-air branding across not only Nickelodeon, but Nick Jr. and Nick at Night, and you also led numerous pro-social companies initiatives on topics such as volunteerism, the environment, conflict resolution, and self-esteem, topics that are very important to children and parents alike. Uh, always committed to empowering children to make a difference, Amy, you launched The Big Help. That's Nick right, well twice, known. actually. Twice, exactly. Yeah. In uh, 19, oh my gosh, 89 maybe, and then again, we, we reborn it, we reborned it um, about three years ago on Nickelodeon. It's Nickelodeon's um, way of sort of supporting kids making a difference in their world. That's, a, that's an exciting uh, contribution that you've made, and I really hope we get to talk about that a bit today. Um, and from there, you served as the founding creative director, executive producer of Nickelodeon's Creative Lab, the network's award-winning experimental short-form department where you produced award-winning comedy and drama series, including short films by short people, where kids are linked with artists to make their own short films. 
that sounds like a real highlight, actually. It was, actually. <laughs> and in 1999, you launched Noggin, which is now called Nick Jr. Yep. And uh, Nickelodeon's acclaimed commercial-free educational channel. Um, you know, the story goes on. After making such a significant contribution to programming for young children, Amy, you turned your energies toward creating meaningful programs for teenagers, launching the N, now called Teen Nick, in 2002. Right. Uh, okay. And that's, you got it. In that nutshell. In a nutshell. And some people <laughs> in your industry, I know, refer to you as the teen queen. Um, somebody who really knows may. and understands the thoughts and feelings of teenagers everywhere. Um, so with so many um, award-winning programs and uh, really a career that spanned the evolution of the Nickelodeon brand, um, in 2010 you took a big leap, as you call it, to leave Viacom and start your own consulting business. And Amy, we can't wait to hear more about your journey. Thank you. Good. So the way that I met you was actually some years ago when I was interviewing successful executive women in New York City for a focus group about success. And my colleague Diane Tracy and I, as you know, invited several roundtable groups of five accomplished women to lunch, and we hosted a two-hour conversation, What Does Success Really Mean to You?, um, do you remember that? I remember it so clearly. It was actually a conversation that sort of changed my life, weirdly. Tell us more. Um, you were talking, you know, I didn't realize that I needed to have that conversation. It was a very intense time, um, and we were all talking about success, and I realized in that conversation that I really felt as if I had three children, um, the two beautiful ones at home, they were at that point um, two and a half and one, and this other kind of living, breathing entity in my life, which was my work life, which I had also birthed and needed, you know, love and attention. And it was during that conversation that I realized that I really was feeling um, sort of torn between them, that I, that it, to make a horrible, horrible analogy, um, that there were these two kind of feasts, uh, you know, this incredible opportunity in two parts of my life, um, but that I was busy, like, running back and forth between them so much that I really wasn't enjoying either of them. Um, and I'm sure it's a, a place that people can relate to, especially women. So the question we were exploring that day is, what does success mean to you? And I remember being surprised because, like so many of the women around the table, really like all of them, you had the appearance of having it all together yeah. and <laughs> being hugely successful. And you turned to the group and you said, what do you do? You asked the other women when you love your family and you love your career and they both demand and deserve the best of you. Yeah. It's, um, it's, I find that with opportunities, you know, huge opportunities in both places, it's really hard sometimes to know um, you know, which way to turn, I can sort of share my personal story a little bit. Um, would, that, would that be a good place to go? I think that would be wonderful to hear maybe a little bit about how your life and career have unfolded since that question that day. Sure. Well, at that moment, going back to six years ago, um, I, I was, um, I think, I don't know how old I was at the time. My story is that I... Um, got married at 36 and had my kids at 38 and 40. Um, and so there was, a, and I was a very, very happy new mother. Um, and having come to that stuff later in life, um, I just really had no intention of missing 
that. Um, and similarly at Nickelodeon, I had already been there, I guess it was 18 years, which sounds like a long time, and I could have been sick to death of it, but in fact, it's an incredibly dynamic place, and there was a lot more for me to do. And I felt like sort of torn between two lovers. Um, and what would happen for me, and, I, and I'm guessing you're, maybe your listeners can relate, is around 5 o'clock every day was when, like, I, I sort of think about it, like the scary music started to play. Um, I would start feeling that I had so much to do at work and so much to do at home. And because I didn't really have a clear sense of, of uh, yeah, I didn't have a plan, those two hours between 5 and 7 would turn into, you know, I felt neither good at work nor at home, and I would come home and try to really drink my kids in and felt, I just sort of looked at my life and said, this is just not feeling right. Something has got to change. Wow. I'm sure many people listening can really relate to that that feeling, and particularly that end-of-the-day realization that there's still so much to do and so much so much to do at home as well as work and really the need to get to the other place. Um, and I and I wonder, you know, as you you say at the time you didn't have a plan, and yet um, life has changed dramatically since then. And one yeah. of the reasons we wanted to have you here is because you developed a plan. I did, and um, we didn't talk too much about this beforehand. But one of the pivot points was actually um, hiring you. Um, I hope it's okay to say that you have been my coach. Um, sure. And uh, that, you know, you invited me to a, a focus group, and I started hearing myself in that very important conversation about work and life. Um, and it wasn't with my mother, and it wasn't with my husband, and it wasn't with my boss, and I realized how valuable looking at your life from, you know, 3,000 feet can be. And so I think the first thing that happened is that I, I reached out to you and said, will you be my coach and help me get the life I want? Um, and I don't know if you remember, but the first thing we did, I felt a little guilty to look at my schedule, my, my work-life schedule, because I felt like, oh, you know, Viacom is paying for this. But you really encouraged me to say, let's get the white noise out and, and really wrestle your schedule to the ground and see what happens after that. Um, do you recall? I do recall that. And I remember thinking, you know, it, 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 really there's this... Um, you know, set of competing commitments that you were wrestling with, and yet the schedule, you know, I always think of time as kind of the container of our priorities, and so we decided to make the calendar to make the schedule contain your priorities better, both at work and at home. Yeah, and I think the key finding was um, what I have called, and I've shared this with so many other people, and I hope that you have too, because you really inspired it, was the Thursday night plan. Is, 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 would, it be a good, would it be helpful to hear about sort of the key chiropractic adjustment to my life? <laughs> yeah, I love that. Why don't you tell us what and I say chiropractic because it was a small change and it made all the difference in the world. Um, I had been sharing with you that I never felt like I had incidental time with my kids and I also never felt that I had sort of free reign at work to be kind of the the intense worker that I had always been up until that point. And you encouraged me to pick one night, and I picked Thursday night, and to stay as long as I wanted at work. And, and for, I guess it was five years, every single Thursday night, I stayed 
at the office, at my desk, until midnight, which sounds extreme, but it's really not when you have an intense job. Um, That was the night that um, I stayed late at work, and David, my husband, would have the girls, and he would have quality time with them. them. I would save all of my really intense work stuff for Thursday night. Everybody knew they could reach me, especially my colleagues on the West Coast. Um, I would have, I, I was lucky to work for a company that you know, I could order dinner, and then I would take a car home, and I was able to then work from home on Fridays, which was really the key thing. Um, I was able to bring my kids to school and look at their teachers' faces and have them know me. Um, And then while they were at school, I would then do my writing and thinking work. But every Friday, for for many, many years, I was always at pickup, and I always spent the afternoon with my kids um, when I was in corporate life, um, Friday afternoon. And the combination of being able to be my former, let's to use a, a bad term, a workaholic, to, to be able to be the workaholic that I used to be on Thursday nights and the mother that I want to be on Fridays and still really deliver the results at work was really the thing that made me feel like I could, I could do this. And I remember that part of this, this deal with yourself had to do with being able to leave at a reasonable hour on the Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday as well so that you, you knew you had the Thursdays to really power forward on key strategic priorities at work, and that really gave you a lot of space to um, have a more balanced life on, on the other days, and that was, that was your solution. It, was, it was, must have been very effective for you to have done it for five years. A hundred percent true. Um, I'm just going to close this window. for. Can you hear that lawnmower in the background? I think we're okay. Okay, great. Um, I, I have heard from many people that the combination of seeing me leave at a normal hour, Monday through Wednesday, and seeing me stay till an insane hour on Thursday was, <laughs> was very helpful for them to see, you know, that I could set the boundary, but then I could also make a choice about intensity, and then I could dial it back on Fridays. And I, and I actually really have Nickelodeon to thank for sort of, you know, supporting an unusual schedule. Yeah, and I think it's a wonderful example of, of a, a, a design you created to experiment with what could make your life work better so that you could continue to um, do this work of the heart and at the same time really support and mother these beautiful children that you're, you, you are raising and at that time especially really wanted to make sure you had time for. When we come back from our break, I think we'll take this one step further and look at the vision behind all of this. Terrific. talking business talk to an expert call now toll free 866-472-5790 that's 866-472-5790 voice america business network think of the world 50 years ago now think of this same world and how it'll be 50 years from now did you know that if the world's population continues to grow at its current rate, our children and grandchildren will only have 25% of the resources per capita that our parents and grandparents had? We must preserve the foundation of a quality standard of living. That foundation starts with Go Green Radio. Join your host, Jill Buck, for Go Green Radio every Friday at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Voice America. 
Entrepreneurial Insights is your weekly excursion into the world of business ownership. Presented by Sunbelt Business Brokers, the leading business brokerage and intermediary firm in the world, Entrepreneurial Insights will examine critical issues that impact both existing and prospective business owners. If you own or want to own a small business, listen for Entrepreneurial Insights with John Davies, Pino Boccianello, and Matt Ottaway. Fridays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You're listening to Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life with host Kate Ebner. We'd love to hear from you. Pick up your phone and call into 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, please send it to visionaryleader at nebocompany.com. Now, back to today's program. This is Kate Ebner, and I'm here with Amy Friedman, president of Redhead Consulting. And, Amy, we are just talking a little bit about how you stepped from a very successful career and a very full life to a much more strategic approach to managing both. And I'd love to just um, take a moment to think about the idea of values. I often find when I'm working with uh, my coaching clients that we really need to identify the values that are at the core of, you know, sort of the what matters most to you so that as you make choices, as any one of us makes choices in our lives, we are honoring those values. And I know that values um, have shaped a lot of your decisions and the way you approach your career and, and actually the whole of your life. So I'd love to just ask you to share with us a little bit about how you have, what your values are and how you've been, been drawing from them. Sure. Um, it's such a big question. Um, and. You could answer it in so many different ways. You know, I, family is a big value, but I think in a broader sense, I think for me, people, people have always come first. Um, I, obviously, I put my family, you know, high up on my on my priority chain, but also in my life, my friends, my community, um, at work, you know, it, for me, it is the people and the process always comes before necessarily the product. Um, so that's one thing is people. Um, I think I see myself, I hope to be a perpetual learner, um, not just seeking out new experiences, but framing my life in terms of learning. Um, and I would say the third is, you could call it so many different things, I guess authenticity, um, sort of working from my gut, um, knowing how I feel about something and where I stand and sort of operating from, from there. Great. Well, those are three wonderful examples. And the first one is people, broadly stated, people first and family especially. And then the second one was really about always learning and, and being a perpetual learner, you called it. And then the third is, um, oh, tell us that one again. Authenticity, Authenticity slash, you know, going with your gut. Going with your gut. And that's a really critical piece of effective leadership, um, being able to be who you are in the way that you lead and in the work that you do. And, you know, I know for you, honoring the needs of your family has been a key part of your success as an authentic leader as well. Um, I wonder if you could tell us a little bit about how one of these values has shaped some of your career choices. Let's go with um, perpetual learner. Um, 
I think I started Redhead because I wanted to make sure that when I sort of looked back on my life, I, I was somebody who was willing to take some risks. Um, and, you know, we've already talked about that, in, in, you know, there, were, there was a lot going right, and I think I'm a big subscriber to, you know, if it's, um, if it's not broken, fix it anyway. Um, so I think starting my own company has allowed me to say, I want to make some new mistakes. I want to be really bad at something <laughs> again. I want to, you know, be a beginner and have beginner's mind. Um, so is that, the, is that helpful? I think it is, you know, um, you know, the, the idea of beginner's mind as an as a part of how you approach success at yeah. this stage of your career is a is a really interesting um, statement to make. And what's what's the benefit of letting yourself be a beginner even at this point in your life and in your career? You know, I'm going to go backwards to sort of comment on that because um, I was a beginner once before, when I was launching Noggin, I just want to sort of tell you a story about my mentor. Um, One of my mentors is a guy named Scott Webb, who um, is an amazing guy. He actually happens to be legally blind. He's sort of a a creative genius who's legally blind, and I sort of think of him as a blind seer, although you would never know that he has a a visual problem. Um, When I was launching Noggin, I had never done anything like that before. I had been in much more sort of um, paved roads ahead of me. I was working in the branding and I was doing short films, all of which had been done before. And when I set off to launch Noggin, I was terrified. And we had very little time and very little money, and I was reporting to essentially a board of directors, which I had never done before. And I went to Scott and I said... I'm freaking out. I, how do I do this? What if it fails? And he let me sort of get out all my uchkis, um, all my nervousness, and he just looked at me and he said, I think you're not looking at this right. I think you need to think about launching Noggin as going to graduate school, and you are there to learn everything you can. And it was one of those conversations where I literally walked out of his office and I approached launching Noggin as if it was graduate school in launching channels. And it, everything felt different from that point of view. Um, mm-hmm. And I have put that hat back on as I launch my own company and just sort of seeing, you know, when I succeed, it's absolutely wonderful and it's beginner's luck and it's a bunch of other wonderful things. And when I make a huge, stupid error... I sort of say to myself, uh-huh, there, you know, <laughs> there's me making a big beginner's mistake. This is probably a good thing. That's where um, the learning happens, yeah. So graduate school in, in everything. That's my lens now. Graduate school in everything. <laughs> it's Wonderful. all just going to grad school and learning as much as you can. Wonderful. Well, I, you know, I, I think that you've come far since that day six years ago where you were contemplating um, how to make life and work work together. And we've talked a little bit about a, a strategy you developed, the Thursday night strategy, and, and these values that have been your anchors and have really guided you. And yet I know that you did more than that. You know, you really um, decided to take a bigger picture look at who you are and what you're trying to create in yeah. your career and in your life. 
And I wonder if you could tell us a little bit about um, the vision that you developed for your, your whole life and how that influenced your career choices. And we, we have a few minutes here, and we can continue this after our next break. I think this is a really key piece because so many of us um, want to have uh, a vision and want to use it to guide our, our work and our life, but it's sort of easier said than done. So we really want to hear about this from you. I, you know, I, I, have, I have a couple habits that I think have helped me. Um, so one is that I regularly pause and I look backward and I say, hmm, how's everything? And I allow myself to be audacious and look forward and think, what do I really, really want? Um, and so when I made the move in my head to move out of corporate life and start a company, what I pictured in my head was using everything that I know and all the friends I have and, and the way, all the stuff, you know, the people and the knowledge and, and my energy, and to do it in a way that would allow me to, and this will sound very, very simple, be at pickup, meaning my kids' school, two days a week. Um, and so the, so the anchor point for your vision was the goal of being able to pick up your children at school two days a week? Yes. It was that simple. I, I really thought, I think I can, you know, help support my family, support my family, and have an incredibly rich, creative life. Uh-huh. And I think I can have more incidental time with my kids. I should probably say that it's really not about pickup. I think the thing that I was feeling... Um, even though my Thursday night plan had me very happy in corporate life for a very long time, what I didn't feel I was still getting was this kind of just very casual time with my kids. And um, there was actually a moment that changed everything. I, I, you know, there are pivot points in life. Um, uh, I was sitting on my front steps with my parents who happened to be visiting and my kids were playing on our front lawn and we have a very friendly neighborhood and I think probably there were other kids playing too and I don't know Carly might have been hula hooping and Emily might have been doing a cartwheel and my mother turned to me and said um, you know what they call this and I said what and she said this is called magic hour don't miss it and I think that was probably three years ago, and it was just something that I was ready to hear at that moment, and I started hatching this vision of not missing magic hour, and, but being able to work on a very high level, um, and so I sort of made the move from having kind of the corporate seat to sort of parlaying all of that to a much more entrepreneurial, um, you know, life. Because you didn't want to miss that magic hour. Yeah. The thing about magic hour, it's a film term, and I think, I think I have this right. It's the hour before sundown is the most beautiful hour to shoot film. The light is perfect. Everyone looks gorgeous. Um, so you want to shoot then. The problem is, is that <laughs> once the sun sets, you, you're going to miss the shot. Um, uh. And I don't think it's one size fits all at all. It's not that I don't think you can't work and have magic hour with your kids. For me, though, I was really craving a different kind of relationship with time with them. You know, it's stunning to hear you describe it. I think the magic hour is such a powerful idea, and I think it expresses both what's available to us as working parents and also 
the uh, the moment we're worried we may miss because we are working, we are away, uh, we're pulled in different directions. And I think that's yeah. an incredible, uh, a, a incredibly beautiful way of putting it. And I love the fact that this wisdom came to you from your mother. Yes. Well, I will tell you as a PS, the irony, and this is one of those, you have to really put it in the uh, category of graduate school learning, um, in so many ways, my vision has, has absolutely um, become real. It could not be going better. However, just to be realistic here, it's not all unicorns and rainbows. Uh, the fir- last year was my first year having my company. And um, where did I spend back-to-school night? At the Mac store, sobbing because all of my data had been completely obliterated. Oh. Um, so, <laughs> you know. That sounds like an entrepreneur's story, right? Exactly. <laughs> you know, it's sort of like, you know, it's mostly working and there are stunning benefits and then there are these moments when you realize that it's like the, the, the stuff will, you know. So you're always dealing with some version of, you know, of the challenge, of the balance. This is Visionary Leader, Extraordinary Life, and we're talking about the extraordinary life of Amy Friedman, our guest today. We'll be back after the break for a discussion, Amy, about fear and courage. How do you find the courage to make these big moves? Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Tune in to Tom Says for practical solutions that you can use in your life. Whether it's information you can use for business, spiritual awareness, health, or personal issues, you'll want to listen to this life-changing program hosted by Tom Gerbic. Tom will also invite you to participate by calling in or sending emails. There's no topic that's taboo. With Tom's life experiences, you'll find that a weekly visit can be truly inspiring. Tom Says can be heard on the Voice America Variety Channel every Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern with a weekly rebroadcast on the Voice America Business Channel. Did you know that the number one concern of American business is the ability to attract and retain qualified workers? Yet millions of qualified American workers with disabilities are sitting on the sidelines. Disabilities at Work Radio focuses on businesses and their workforce needs and also offers other topics of interest to people with disabilities, their families, and supporters. Join Disabilities at Work Radio every Wednesday at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Do you want to know what's really going on these days? Well, Capital Thinking takes you inside the worlds of policy, politics, law, and business. What happens in Washington, on Wall Street, and in our nation's legal system impacts your business every day. We're taking you on a behind-the-scenes tour of all of it. Each week, we bring you unfiltered conversation with a variety of influential policymakers, lawyers, and business leaders. I'm Kevin O'Neill, and I'm your host as Capital Thinking tours the halls of power. Join me for Capital Thinking on the Voice America Business Network each Thursday at noon Eastern and 9 a.m. Pacific Time. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life with host Kate Ebner. We'd love to hear from you. Pick up your phone and call into 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email... 
please send it to visionaryleader at nebocompany.com. Now, back to today's program. Hi, this is Kate Ebner. Welcome back. I'm here with Amy Friedman, president of Redhead Consulting and former creative director for Nickelodeon's The N. And Amy and I are talking today about a whole life vision that really has guided her career and her life. And Amy, before the break, you really gave us um, a beautiful concept, the idea of this magic hour that you didn't want to miss with your children. And I'd love it if you could just give us your vision uh, for your, your whole life vision in just a clear way that we can really hold it with you. So I would say that a life well lived for me is uh, my family first, um, happy, healthy, connected, um, having their homework done, uh, <laughs> um, a connected, happy, healthy family. Um, in terms of redhead and my career, I, I really see myself as somebody who helps bring new kinds of media brands to life across all platforms that makes a difference in the world. Um, you know, and in terms of the community that I lived, live in, um, to really be part of a group of, you know, diverse but like-minded people who are bringing good into the world. Beautiful. So your vision is a vision of family and a vision of contribution through the work that you do in the world. You said bringing good into the world um, through the, the, the knowledge you have and the experience you have. Yeah, and I would say particularly for me, for kids and families and for teens. kids and families. Fantastic. We have a caller here on the line, and welcome to Helene. Hi, I have a question for Amy. And a question for Kate to kind of send out there to other women listening. What happens if you can't get that magic out? Or how do you sort of balance your career and being a working woman? What advice would you have to other moms out there who are craving that but at the same time know they have to be there for that conference call? They have to be in the office and their, their company might not be much as understanding as Nickelodeon was. So how do you get them to sort of keep into their spot of their vision and what they want for themselves and their family and not feel that they're always losing that? Mm, great question, Helene. Thank you for calling in. Amy? I, for me, it is definitely not a prescriptive. Um, I, I don't think that um, Magic Hour is about quantity. I think it's about quality. Um, and so I was, you know, I sort of feel like I have a particular path, but I really believe that if, you, if, that if we all set aside whatever time makes sense and sort of, you know, turn the BlackBerry off and sort of, I guess I would say quality time is the most important thing um, and setting aside quality time. I started doing a tradition with my kids at the end of the summer, uh, a road trip, just me and them. And it's amazing how immediately quality time can be produced um, when you shut everything else out. And, and I, Helene, I do agree with you that I've been very fortunate to be able to be flexible, but I, I get that most people don't have that flexibility. Yeah, this How about is a, you, Kate? Well, this is a topic that comes up for working parents um, in almost every coaching conversation I have. And I think there's a crucible that happens around mid-career where it all seems like it can't be done. 
And Amy, I hark back to your story of that, our story of that moment where you were saying, what if you love your, your children and you love your career? And it feels like one costs the other. And you work in an environment where you really can't get the flexibility to, um, to do the pickup twice a week or whatever, whatever it is you, you wish you were doing. And I, what I find is that often people believe they need to quit and that their default is, I, I can't go on, I need to quit. Um, I like your advice, Amy. I think focusing on quality and identifying those key moments that are really just critical for you, even perhaps more so than for your, the rest of your family, the ones that seem particularly important. And so, for example, if being at the back-to-school nights is, is an important um, part of your life, then making sure that you're there. Um, if being in the classroom volunteering at least once a semester is important, then using some personal time to make sure that that happens. Um, but just understanding, and I think we get better and better at this as we move through our, our lives, knowing what are those critical moments and where, can, where is it not as critical. Um, and I think that there's a, a real emphasis on the idea of quality time is a, is a good one. That said, our kids love having us around, but sometimes, especially as they get older, they don't need us to be there in order to have a good time. And I think you know, paying attention to that as well so that you can really be sort of smart and strategic about where and when you're involved. Um, my advice is um, step back, be creative about it, and begin experimenting with the combination of uh, how you invest your time that will add up to that good feeling Amy had with her Thursday night strategy. So, Amy, I'd love to go to this topic of, of uh, the leap, you call it, and I, the dramatic, um, dramatic way of putting what, what I know you, you, used to, you used to tell me that there at Nickelodeon, you worked in, you had a seat, in, and a seat at the table is, I think, what you meant, and that to leave um, the career for this entrepreneurial and more flexible world meant really taking a leap. And so yeah. I, I've always loved the drama that that implies, as well as the courage that that calls for. So fear and courage, courage and fear, um, so often we're held in place by our fear. So I'd love to hear you talk for a moment about how you've faced your fear, how you made the leap. Sure. Um, I am slow to change. Anybody who knows me well knows that. So what's interesting for me is that I probably dreamed about this for seven years and considered it for three and then worked toward it for one. So it was definitely a gradual, gradual process. Um, A lot of people told me how great it was going to be. And that's great, and it's true. And, and, and that gave me a lot of fortitude. Um, I also put a lot of things in place. I had a very, very specific list. Um, and, and sort of in a nutshell, it was I, I felt like I needed to finish a body of work and feel really good about it. I felt like I needed to make sure that a team was in place and that I, would, that, that I believe so strongly and that you must have successors. Um, and I also very literally had a financial foundation in place, and I knew the date. You know, I knew that when my bank account hit X, I was then free to take risks. So I had a lot of encouragement. I did a lot of planning. But the key thing that got me off the ledge was actually quite the opposite of um, encouragement. I called a friend who had done a similar leap in a different field, and I called her and I said, friend, 
everyone's telling me how great this is going to be. Can you please tell me how horrible this is going to be? Can you, can you confirm that I'm going to get fat and lonely and no one will ever return my phone calls? <laughs> um, and she, uh, and what she, said, she said, yes, yes, and yes. You will become fat, you will be lonely, and no one will return your phone calls, and it will be the best thing you ever did. You will shed the skin that you are so ready to shed, and you'll see what happens. Um, P.S. So it, for me, it was really seeing clearly the scary side. Mm-hmm. Um, to re- and I thought, okay, I can, I can lose the weight. I can, you know, I can handle all of that. And, of course, the happy story is that none of those things happened. Um, well, maybe so, five so, so no, really, I, you know, None of those things happened, but knowing that they could and that I could handle them was the thing that got me off the ledge. So how interesting. What you, what you needed to hear was, yes, your fears are grounded. There's some basis for having concerns about these things. And yes. something about that allowed you to relax knowing that you could tackle that. Exactly. And if you had just been reassured, don't worry, you can do it, you're great, what, what was missing? I guess it was realism. Mm-hmm. I guess I really loved the encouragement, and, and, and trust me, I don't think I could have done it also without the encouragement, but it was the balance of the dream and and the scary parts. And I guess I'm a big believer in unpacking fear. Um, You know, and then we we always say this to our kids, you know, bravery doesn't mean you're not scared. Bravery means you're scared and you do it anyway. Um, And so I had to really, uh, you know, put my money where my mouth is on that one. Um, And I did. Yeah, you know, it's an interesting thing, starting your own business, stepping out of uh, the structure of organizational life, the salary, the benefits, the, the desk, the chair, the seat at the table. And the cocktail your, party line as an answer. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And, 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 you know, developing your own business based on your own idea, and it's something that I know many of our listeners are thinking about or perhaps have done. And I'm glad that you talked about I'm glad you. I'm, I'm glad you were able to share the, the fear part of your story and also the courage part because inevitably, when we go to do something, we can find that um, the steps are right in front of us, one step at a time, and um, it's so overwhelming to think about taking the big leap. But actually, step by step, you can meet your challenges, which is sort of the advice I think you were getting. Yeah, um, yeah, I think so. So, you know, what for, for, for those of us out there who are thinking about taking a bold step in our lives, what advice do you have? I would say um, finishing well, planning well, and starting well are all equally important to me. So for, we're important for me. So for me, closing out such a huge chapter of my life with completeness I had sort of talked about like finishing a body of work and, 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 and having a really good relationship with your past and past employer. Um, I also forgot to sort of say, uh, I, the planning well I sort of talked about, for me it absolutely has to work on paper. You need, uh, you need to know that you have the, the wherewithal, that you have a cushion of money and that you have a network of friends um, and, and colleagues. Um, 
then I, what was really key for me was taking a pause. Um, I was really fortunate to be able to sort of, you know, work with Nickelodeon um, while I built my company and then take, I took three months off and really paused. Um, And then, you know, starting well, really sort of thinking strategically about how you're going to spend your energy in the first year of your business and what you're going to try to learn. That's wonderful. So finishing well, planning well, and starting well, and that could include giving yourself a pause, whether you can do a three-month pause or it's a, a, a week off, whatever you can do, the idea of, um, of nurturing yourself. And I think that's such a, an important point because, you know, we tend to plow from one thing to the next and not actually invest in ourselves in the way that you're describing. We're going to take a break right now. This is Visionary Leader, Extraordinary Life with Kate Ebner and guest Amy Friedman, and we'll be right back. Up-to-date business and financial news. Call now and get the financial information you need. 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. The experts are here. Voice America Business Network. Are you tired of the government squandering your tax dollars on bailouts and overpaid bureaucrats? On Free Markets with Dr. Mike Beitler, Mike Beitler and his guests explain why big government regulations are the problem and innovative businesses and free markets are the solution. Listen to Free Markets with Dr. Mike Beitler, Thursday mornings at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Network. Business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio, Voice America Business Network. You're listening to Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life with host Kate Ebner. We'd love to hear from you. Pick up your phone and call into 1 866 472 5790. That's 1 866 472 5790. If you'd rather send an email, please send it to visionaryleader at nebocompany.com. Now, back to today's program. We'd love to hear from you. This is Kate Ebner, and I'm talking with Amy Friedman, my guest today, who's telling us about her recipe for using vision to create the life she really wants. And Amy, I would love to be pick up in this last portion of our show with a little more discussion about vision itself and you know, what's really the secret? You shared with us before a beautiful vision for uh, kind of a whole life vision of a healthy, happy family and also um, being able to really contribute at the top of your game through your work with media um, for children and teenagers especially. And I'd love to know as you think about, you, you actually said on this show, I'm making my vision real. It's happening. Um, what's the secret for our listeners about envisioning and then making it real? I think it's a secret that you taught me, actually, Kate. Um, In the aggregate, I think it's about seeing possibilities. Um, In my work, I can see a possibility of what can this media brand do? What, What can we do for an audience? In my life, it's 
you know, how can I build a life of joy um, and of, you know, sanity and of, you know, connectedness? Um, But I think you taught me the importance of the pause, of stopping the presses, going up to the balcony of the theater and watching yourself dance a little bit, you know, and... and, uh, You've, you've been amazing for me in terms of giving me some, some exercises to do that. So let's give an example of something that delivered that kind of a reflective pause and really helped you get the perspective that you've been living from. I, I'm, I'm toggling between the two that I love the most. Can, can I share both? Sure. Absolutely. <laughs> okay. Um, your exercise of my story till now was really powerful, and I know you interviewed Dr. Neil Stroll on this show. Um, yes, I find sitting down and in, in an hour just really letting myself tell myself the story of my life, which may change year to year, um, and hearing how I tell and edit that story and what the patterns are is incredibly helpful. It almost lets me sort of see it you know, from, from the balcony again. Um, so really telling your, your life story to yourself. Yes, and let, forcing yourself to actually leave your house or your work. I, I take myself to a park or I take myself to a hotel lobby. I'm actually very partial to hotel lobbies. There's something about you know, being in the world but being kind of on your own in a delicious chair with a yummy drink. Um, so I love that one, and I actually practice that one a lot um, in my own family. My husband and I, every year, take a life summit, and we sort of go off and say, how are we doing? What, what happened this year? And, and every um, wedding anniversary, we tell the story of our wedding to each other, and then we sort of do a, uh, a Reader's Digest version of our life so far, and it's really helpful. The other thing that you taught me that was really profound was you asked me to picture myself sitting on a porch when I was 85 years old, and you asked me to envision my life very specifically. You know, who am I? Who's there? What am I, you know, what does my house look like? Um, And then you also suggested that I go to my retirement dinner or my retirement lunch, and I hear what people are saying uh, to me, about me, about my life. And somehow really indulging in that future vision allows me to see the distance between where I am and where I want to be when I'm looking back. And it was really illuminating because what I found out when I was listening to the imaginary retirement dinner is that I had so much more to do. And that's what really got me to think, you know what, I think I better start doing some of that stuff. Um, And here we are. My guest is Amy Friedman, president of Redhead Consulting and former creative director of Nickelodeon's The N, now Nick Teen. And Amy's been sharing her vision and her strategy for making her vision real. Um, Amy, that's great, great tips that you were just giving us about how to take the pause. And these two exercises that you just shared are, are a lot of fun, the first one being the storytelling exercise and really letting yourself tell the story. And I would add to that, Tell yourself the story of your life and notice the part you've been playing. Ask yourself, what's the part I want to play now? And then the second exercise is that 85 years old, 
sitting on the front porch and reflecting back, I remember when you did this, your vision of your whole life was so full and rich. It was truly inspiring to me as I heard it, Amy, um, working with you as a coach at that time. And I know you've been living into that vision really ever since. Um, It's funny that for some reason in that vision, I looked really good at 85. And and in in the vision, it was because I had been doing yoga in my imagination, and then I actually started doing yoga because I'm like, if I'm going to be that beautiful 85-year-old, I better do some yoga. (laughs) One of the great benefits of that exercise is if you're going to be that vision you have, then there clearly are steps. The path almost um, comes clear out of the fog. You can really see, okay, if I'm going to do that, I'm actually going to need to take these steps to get there, and yoga is a great example of that. Um, You know, one thing you you do demonstrate for us, and one of the, the powerful reasons I wanted to have you be a guest on our show is you're someone, Amy, who has um, invested in yourself. You've invested in your career. You've invested in your family. You've been willing to set boundaries. You've been willing to make changes. You've been willing to create conditions of satisfaction for your life, and you've been willing to to be visionary and act, and then move into that vision. And that is an investment in you. So there's a kind of self-confidence built into that. And I just want to call that out for our listeners because um, if we don't make time to become the person we want to be and to have the life we want to have, then it's just talk. Is that something that you recognize in yourself, Amy? You know, I was listening to you, and it was sounding all so good. Um, <laughs> um, I do. I, I thank you for that, and um, I do feel like I have had to take gulps in those investments. Just to be clear, you know, I feel like a lot of um, I've had a lot of encouragement to invest um, time or money. Um, uh, so I do. I, that does resonate quite a bit, actually. Mm-hmm. Well, it's different. It's distinct. And, and again, you know, we, we are all working hard, I think, in our lives and trying to make it all work. And whether you have a senior executive position or a lot of money or you don't, um, there are investments we, that you can make in your life and in your career, in the way your work week is working, in the way that your relationships are working, and in the way that your relationship with yourself is working. And really the commitment to yourself is the very first step in making your vision real. An example, by the way, of um, that you don't need to have a lot of money. I'm also a big believer in barter. Um, and what I was finding part of my life was I wasn't um, as comfortable in the kitchen. Part of my vision of life is like, you know, feeding my family in this, you know, lovely, healthy way. And I was finding myself not able to do that, just feeling very overwhelmed. And so um, there's a, a fantastic woman in my town who does work around this issue. Her name is Alma Schneider, and she does a, a program called Take Back the Kitchen. And so she and I bartered. I um, bartered with her brand strategy work, and she gave me coaching sessions on cooking, and we created this wonderful menu where I could know what I was serving for dinner all five days a week, and that allowed me to know how to shop and cook and blah, blah, blah. And it's just an example of... Um, um, kind of if you see the poss- if you see where the holes are and you see what the possibilities are, you know you can spend money or you can spend barter um, and I think both work that 's excellent great great fun practical example and I just want to look back on our hour and thank you, Amy, for bringing your your vision and your your way of making it real and i I want to just highlight a couple things that you 've really pointed out to us. Um, the first one is 
um, A, that it's really okay and important to have a whole life vision, one that honors your life outside of work as well as your career and the contribution you're making to the world through your career. And then I want to also highlight a couple of things you've said that I think are just uh, incredibly valuable for us. You know, you talked about um, being strategic about your time to make sure your priorities were being met and your Thursday night strategy, which worked well for you. You spoke about the magic hour, this idea that there's a moment of life you want to be there for and that that's the priority. Um, and you, you share with us your beginner's mind, you know, this, this thought that I'm always learning. Life is school. School is life. And, and that I don't have to always have the answers. I can enter big, bold, new steps as a beginner and a learner. And I loved your thought about how to move from where you are to the, where you want to be. You said have a good ending, a good plan, and a good start. You know, so wonderful uh, feedback for our listeners today. I thank you so much for being on Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life with me today. Thank you, Amy. Thanks for having me, Kate. I loved it. We sincerely hope you've enjoyed hearing from leaders who are using vision to create an inspiring future. Please join host Kate Ebner for another edition of Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life next Monday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Business Channel. Meanwhile, visit www.nebocompany.com for more tips on bringing your own vision to life. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff,